One of our pupils, Susan Foreman, came into this yard. Really? In here? Young man, is it reasonable to suppose that anybody would be inside a cupboard like that? Mm. What do you say, Perry? We can go on nature walks, have picnics, and jolly evenings around the campfire. Gentlemen, I've got news for you. This lighthouse is under attack, and by morning we might all be dead. It's a brilliant idea. It's so simple, only you could have thought of it. Oh. I'm the doctor. These are my new best friends. I'm the doctor, and if there's one thing I can do, it's talk. This is the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast with your host, Eric Branson. My dear, I don't think he's as stupid as he seems. My dear, nobody could be as stupid as he seems. Now drop your weapons, or I'll kill him with this deadly jelly, baby. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. On this podcast, we travel all of time and space discussing Doctor Who in a completely random order. This time we land at episode number 10, The Supremacy of the Cybermen. More like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I'm going to need a swap team ready to mobilize street-level maps covering all of Florida, a pot of coffee, 12 jammy dodgers, and a fez. An apple a day keeps the, uh... No, never mind. Allons-y. I'm sorry? It's French, but let's go. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. I am your host, Eric Gulbranson, and uh, you have landed at episode number 10, otherwise known as the episode in which we talk about the Titan Comics event, um, well, the graphic novels of the Titan Comics event series, Doctor Who, Supremacy of the Cybermen. And here to help me break down this graphic novel is uh, my friend and co-host, uh, Mr. Asad Keski. How's it going, Asad? Too bad. Still not upgraded, but <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Well, at least you're not deleted either. So yes. that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's so how's a uh, how's a uh, life been treating you? Everything uh, back in the states and yes, uh, all is good. Just uh, settled back into pretty much a normal routine. So good. Uh, yeah, everything's fine. Any um... looking forward to maybe things opening up a little. Yeah, not, not to a crazy hope, extent, but... but a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing is everybody seems to be moving and it, like it, everything's to the extreme. Like, oh, I got my shot. Now I'm going to go back to doing everything I was doing the day before, you know, lockdown happened or whatever. Yes. It's like, no, no, no. We need baby steps here, guys. Just uh... yes. <laughs> yes. the, the PSA should be that, you know, keep wearing the mask and keep doing the distancing at least for a while. But yep. Also get the vaccine. <laughs> yep. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe there's some outdoor dining this summer in your future, yes. you know, and something like that. These little, little steps back towards normalcy, but, and I'll take it at this point, but yeah, I'm sure. still, <laughs> but uh, anything new in the world of Doctor Who that uh, is exciting to you or is anything you've, um, when there's not anything on TV, it's uh, doesn't give us a whole lot of news to talk about. I know they're in the process of filming, um, season 13 right now right yeah i saw the picture of their new uh, companion coming after i guess he was isolated mm-hmm. because of covid so oh yeah yeah joined the filming yeah i know they've been shut down a couple times by lockdown situations now so mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah. everybody i mean they are <laughs> dealing coping with it the best they can i'm sure but yeah, in the meantime i've gotten back to uh doing my whole series viewing so that's good and yeah, I only just reading. realized a couple of days back that I never ordered Fury of from the Deep. Fury yeah, of. <laughs> Fury of, of the Deep. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so. yeah. 
um, yeah, I, I just got it the other day and sometimes I forget about my pre-orders. Uh, <laughs> I'll have stuff ordered, especially Dr. Who stuff. Cause it's so delayed coming out in the right. States, like the yeah, yeah. region one discs that, um, yeah, I'll, it'll be all of a sudden I'll just get this package. It'll be like, Oh, I wonder what this is going to be. And it's, so it's kind of exciting. It's like opening a gift to myself and like, Oh, it's here. <laughs> I will say that thanks to, because of similar sort of situation, I ended up with like two, possibly even no, actually three copies of uh, season 14. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 14, Ooh, yeah. Tom Baker one. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh... one ordered from England and two from uh, the U S and, um, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm trying to pre-order uh, the West of McCoy's first season from Amazon US and um, just mm-hmm. still not able to pull it up. Oh, really? Just... I thought, I think I, I'll, I'll try to, I'll go on and see if I did and send you like, maybe I'm imagining that just because I've looked so many times, but I thought I finally was able to pre-order that, but. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll double check. <laughs> but yeah, I do the same thing. Like when it, the second they get on there, or, they announced the release of them, obviously, for the region two like uk discs and um right. so then ever you know not every day but like often after that i'm checking to see if they're available for pre-order right yeah uh, yeah but Always i a little later yeah i get jealous of those nice. <laughs> i know i get jealous of those uk especially the, the limited edition ones because i guess yeah. what they're doing over there is there's that uh first um run of them is like a limited edition with lots of extra artwork of you know a right. big book i don't know how many pages but like a 50 page book with uh you know extra stuff in that really nice looking packaging yeah now they're yeah. doing a second release of all of them that are going to be like their regular press or re- regular okay. printing of them uh mm-hmm. that's a lot more similar to what we're getting <laughs> it's right. just like the case and the does so. save a little more space in the dvd cabinet <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I i was probably like three sets in they did what they did the tom baker um, what do they call them in the states? Tom Baker season seven or whatever yeah, it is, and then like kind of difficult to yeah, that. and then they did the Peter Davison uh, the Fifth Doctor set, yeah. and then they went back and did another Tom Baker season. And I think I was already three deep before I realized the UK ones were so much better. Um, and then you couldn't get the first two anymore. Right. Well, unless you want to jump on eBay and pay like astronomical right. yeah, prices yeah. for them. So, so mm-hmm. I felt like I was a little a little peeved, but I just stuck with the US releases. So. Yeah. And I think the prices have gone up even like non when you're not looking at resellers, the prices have gone up for the uh, collector's edition ones from what it used to be like yeah. 20 or 30 pounds, I think. Wow. Yeah. So. And they're, they're not cheap even as even in the, the editions oh. we get here. So, <laughs> but anyway, they, they know they're for collectors and we'll yep. they'll pay if you put a nice package together, we'll keep paying for them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's us. <laughs> uh, the VHS and the DVDs and now the Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. What's nice is that yeah. they took so much effort into it. Um, yeah. So and many they, nice extras that come out. Um, the Whoever's in charge, or I don't know if it's the same group of people. I know that they have a, a dedicated department at BBC that did that v- that original VHS range, and then they did the, right. the DVD range. Um, I, I feel like all the way through, they've always had a very like high standard for not yes. only quality of what they're putting out but also like they just do tons of extras and fun stuff especially with these blu-ray sets when they're filming yeah. the the new material like the behind the sofa which yeah, is like yeah. a little viewing party with stars yeah. and then um just the little fun uh even trailers and stuff that they're doing for each of the sets is get getting the stars back to do <laughs> a little bit yeah no it's, it's definitely yeah they certainly make it 
worth your while and make it quite tempting rather yeah. than just, okay, here's the movie. It's just a little sharper, but we didn't yeah. throw in anything yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about the extras when it comes to those box sets. and Yeah, yeah. I think the Doctor Who sets are the only things that I actually watch extras. Normally, I just sort of skip everything. <laughs> I got to be a pretty big fan to dive into extras um, on things. But yeah, the Doctor Who discs I do, I watch... I sit down and watch pretty much all of them that are on there. So the cool thing is most of the extras that you knew from the DVD range have survived. They're still there, but then there's a whole new load of stuff. So it's just a nice little upgrade to your collection. Speaking of uh, uh, packages, and uh, I'll make that a little joke as well. I did get this uh, new book uh, called Look at the Size of That Thing by um, Bill Evanson and Stacey Smith, question mark. Yes. And I uh, haven't had a chance to read it yet. I just literally opened it up yesterday, but um, been excited about getting that one. It looks like uh, a essentially a comedy guide to Doctor Who and right. goes through. And anyway. Yeah, um, I ordered it too. So looks yeah, like a so lot of fun. it's lying there waiting to be read and who knows when <laughs> it will turn up in your randomizer. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it will. One of these, something along those lines. But <laughs> it's one Although of those that would be... Like, that would take me a while to get through, but I'm willing to give it a shot. So. <laughs> I just ended up like I went through a phase, and I've ended up with too many of these like uh, books Guide. about <laughs> Doctor Who. Oh yeah, like all the ones and like Robert Sherman and somebody else. They wrote the one of running its uh, corridors, and then Toby like, Toby Haydock and yeah. Robert, Robert <laughs> Sherman. Yeah, whole series which looks at each decade, and it's. Did they did they ever do a book on the 80s? I have the 60s and the 70s one. Did they ever I get the 80s done? Was that volume two was the 70s or was that covered two in volume was the one? 70s, yeah. Then I haven't seen yeah. volume three, but who knows? It's been what, a long time. But yeah, anyway. Have at Chicago <laughs> yeah, I, I love those. Um, and actually, that's kind of my... I kind of collect pretty much anything Doctor Who, but I'm if I collect anything like that I'm really into. It's like those nonfiction, like collection type books like that. Those are my um, guidebooks right. and, um, you know, just series tie and stuff. And I do collect the other books and comic books and stuff like that. Um, I'm a big media collector. I don't do much of the toys and the okay. uh, other memorabilia. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I, I have a few toys around uh, sonic screwdrivers, a couple little TARDISes and that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, I'm not big in, I, I'm not a big collector of that stuff. If someone were to be like, Hey, I got this whole basket of Dr. Who toys, uh, I'm getting rid of, I certainly would take them, but that's not sure. my, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm a, I'm a big, big nerd for the nonfiction books and I will probably just keep buying them. Cause I love that. I could just, one of the things I love about them is I can just pick it up and like open it up and just start reading something and right. then, you know, put it down. I don't have to like go read through the entire thing. And some of them I have and some of them I haven't, but it's a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, especially some of these. Want to, yeah. yeah. If there's some particular story or something, we just want to see what, okay, what do other people think about this one? Right. Yeah. Either because you really liked it or you really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I find it so interesting that there's it and we should probably have, get to the book we're actually trying to review here, but yes. um, I do love that it's with the who fandom. I mean, in other fandoms as well, but this one, I feel like there is such a big, gap and consensus on things like there are certainly your extremes like you know the twin dilemma is the worst one ever and you know the best one ever is you know day of the doctor whatever people are saying at the time um but everywhere in between there's a lot of oh, sure. yes. opinions and so I, I find it very interesting <laughs> to jump into these uh, these guides and kind of see what other people that are 
or you know think about a given episode or season right. or yeah 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 no so also interesting how the conventional and we've discussed it before how conventional wisdom can change <laughs> yeah right over time yeah over the years yes <laughs> yeah. so yeah the book we are looking at today we should uh get to that one and that is the uh titan comics graphic novel the supremacy of the cybermen and that is written by george mann and kevin scott art by ivan rodriguez water oh, walter giovanni alessandro viti with uh nicola Rigi and Rigi and uh comicraft which i believe is a company uh not a person that does uh i think they do the work coloring for... and stuff yeah yeah, like a finishing um, colorist right. kind of, instead of having a person. That... Anyway, um, yeah, so let's get you a little synopsis from the uh, back of the book here. The Cybermen have already won. You will be deleted. Exiled from Gallifrey at the very end of time, Rassilon, fallen leader of the Time Lords, has been captured by the last of the Cybermen. Now the Cybermen oh, have God. access to time travel. With it, every defeat is now a victory. All of the Doctor's lives are in grave peril, but will they be able to defeat the odds and champion over a cyberized universe? Yeah. So the, um, let's, so this was a uh, put together as a limited series, a uh, multi-doctor kind of crossover event uh, originally published, I think in late 2016 issue one came out or actually no <laughs> early 2016. And then, um, got delayed yeah i was gonna say they got an issue or two out and then it was like a really long wait for the end of the series i don't know if they what happened behind the scenes but yeah they were very delayed in getting the rest of it out uh was collected as a graphic novel in this form in published in march 2017 um the initial idea to do a multi-doctor event series starring the cybermen was to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the 10th planet which was the first appearance of the cybermen um so they got all you know all the new who doctors together for their for their another multi-event series because i believe the year before the they had done that um four four or five issue series yeah that paul cornell wrote um so yeah it was their kind of second time out doing a big uh crossover event like this and this was right at the end of when i was reading the doctor who titan comics like um regularly like i had mm-hmm. my subscription at the comic book store and i was getting all of them all the time and i believe my last pickup um at the comic book store where that i went to in chicago where i lived at the time uh included the first issue of supremacy of the cybermen and i read that month's stuff and then i had essentially pulled the plug on my subscriptions money you know m- money reasons and we were moving and there's a bunch of stuff going on and i meant to keep up with it some other way like either through digital or you know find a new store closer to home um and i never did (laughs) so (laughs) so i i did keep up with a few other uh, titles but i never got back to reading the rest of this one um so i had read issue one and never continued i got that to like that first cliffhanger like oh it's rassilon with cyber stuff on him and then uh that's it that's all i ever knew about this series so so it was good to go back and and you know finish it up but um, what about you? Did you have you ever ever read this one? Were you aware of this one? Or I read it when it uh, came out because yeah, I also had the subscription at, the, at my local comic store to get uh, Doctor Who comics. So yeah, so they had it in, and um, 
I read it at that time. Um, I did get the uh, trade paperback then when it came out, and but I don't, I did not, I haven't read it since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this this was probably the the longest I've ever gone on starting something that I ended up eventually finishing. <laughs> so it's been, you know, four years or something uh, in the in the making. The thing so. it popped into the randomizer then. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck on my approach. I don't know if I ever would have remembered to go back and finish it otherwise. So, so yeah, as we mentioned earlier, this series was plagued with a bunch of problems and I, I didn't get it from any of my reading, like what exactly was going on behind the scenes, but they did publish a couple issues and then um, did not get the rest of the series out until late in the year. I think it was 2016. Um, And I don't know if there was a whole lot of changes to what exactly was going on, but I know that the graphic novel version that we have uh, does feature um, the multi-doctor, or the, all of the doctors got a cool little like one pager prologue where they got all the classic doctors in. Yeah. Um, it's published like in the back of like after the story ends, they just kind of collect them all together. I believe in the original run, you got one of those pages per issue is that the way it worked the original, some... originally i think that it was actually in the regular doctor who titles that they were putting one or two at the end of the comic before okay. the actual uh, mini series started to lead to up to it. okay yeah right so you had that like 10th actually... doctor and 11th doctor comics and so at the end of that they would have the one or two page to tell you that I don't know if it's the it's power of, of suggestion or whatever, but that actually sounds familiar because I was reading at the time, like maybe I saw a couple of those actually now that you mention it. Cause I remember like the first doctor one with uh, um, Susan right. basically coming back to Trotter's land to that, you know, the I am Foreman junkyard, you know, as the, right. you know, what the podcast is named after and uh, <laughs> finding the doctor being, you know, taken away by Cybermen or whatever. I think I remember seeing that one, but um so yeah, this one, it basically that they put it all together. It's kind of the special features of this uh, graphic novel. You get all of those um, prologues, which is cool. I actually kind of wish they would have just interjected those in the story here and there. I feel like they were kind of written. They feel like they were written where they could have been inserted at certain points throughout this thing, and it would have worked really well. Like Yeah, um, that, would have been, that would have been fun. Or even maybe like um, just put them at the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah. Were... since they are prologues yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this story as a whole is kind of framed up as like a sequel to the end of uh series nine where we leave you know peter capaldi in, in the episode hellbent has banished rassilon from gallifrey and this pretty much picks up right where that left off like with the same conflict and many of the same characters. So what the 12th doctor is doing throughout the supremacy of the Cybermen is like directly a sequel to that episode or to that's the events of that series, which I feel like was kind of a first for Titan comics. They're usually pretty like, don't touch on the continuity of the um, show. And maybe it's just because it, it had moved on in a different direction by the time this was published, but um, And without, and since the twelfth Doctor didn't have a companion at that time, I guess that yeah. also is yeah. So going back and kind of filling in that gap there, but did how, how do you feel about that? Like di- being a direct sequel to uh, series nine in a way, and it just kind of picking up where where that had left off. Did that um, did that make you? I think it's were nice. You more it's, compelled to. <laughs> I think it's an interesting idea. 
And um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's a lot of things that a lot of these comic series often did do, like pick up on elements of the TV show or like fill in little gaps here and there. Uh, but yeah, yeah it was an interesting idea to have the 12th Doctor sections uh, just be a continuation of the show itself. And they even have some other ideas from uh, <laughs> the Capaldi's time on the show that they pull in. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, they certainly, or uh, Big Finish certainly does this kind of thing all the time where they find a gap, you know, somewhere where, oh, something could have happened in between this time they've they've created entire seasons of content to you know happen in these little gaps and right um titan comics certainly plays around with those ideas like we're, we're we understand that the 10th doctor series happens you know post donna noble but before, prior to regeneration so it's happening in that like specials era um of you know the 10th doctor we understand right. where you know the 11th doctor's series i believe if i remember correctly is happening between um you know amy and rory and before his you know yeah i would have to go back and see that but yeah because both the 10th and 11th doctors um, their comics basically had their union had their own companions that they created yeah so they, they kind of started from scratch they found a gap like a place where it would logically make sense to fit but then they just kind of created their own this was the first time I remember, and again, I didn't go back and like scrape through my comic collection to make sure I was right or anything, but uh, this is the first time just, just thinking back that I remember them really using series, TV series continuity and just being like, boom, here's a here's an actual sequel. We're going to talk about the events that happened. This is going to be about, you know, because the crux of the story is Rassilon going off at the end of the universe, essentially, right. and making a pact with the Cybermen. And... Um, in his eyes, they have, you know, made him the leader of the Cybermen and he's going to go back and allow, give them access to the time travel and being time Lords and all of this uh, kind of sounds familiar now that we've seen, you know, more recent, but, um, <laughs> but he, he strikes a deal. And so it's, um, it's dependent upon right. that series, which, yeah, was, I mean, which I... was interesting. So I, I felt like that gave you a, a springboard into it in a way that perhaps some of the Titan comics don't because they do kind of exist in their own are able to exist in their own world because of the companions and everything that. Yeah. And that the Titan, I mean, I mean, the comics had a very extensive continuity of their own. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it would be yeah. difficult to just pick it up in the middle and uh, <laughs> start reading them. Yeah. And it's interesting because the, the, the 10th and 11th doctor portions of these and the ninth as well, um, all happen within Titan's own continuity so that it really does marry the show really well with you know what titan was doing that using the 12th doctor to put right. it all together right. um but with the ninth doctor they actually have the tv companions with jack and yes. rose yep jackie, jackie in this one <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah which is same with the well i mean because of the ninth doctor comics was also it was a more limited run than the 10th and right. 11th doctor series so i guess they were didn't bother to make up their own companion <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, as we as we mentioned earlier, the purpose of this series was to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Cybermen. So, um, which is certainly something that I think you know bears celebrating. They're probably the number two most famous uh, right. <laughs> villain in uh, Doctor Who. And sometimes I, I I argue back and forth with myself, but sometimes I think I prefer them to Daleks. It depends, I guess, on how I'm feeling, but. Uh, I do think if I go back and think about it, I like 
I don't know. That's not true. I like about equal amounts of Cybermen and Dalek stories. It's hard to pick a favorite, but um, I guess my question is, do you feel like this, there's a lot of Cybermen in it, but do you feel like it really does a good job of celebrating the history of the Cybermen and like bringing like kind of the, that anniversary feels to it? Um, I mean, it's only in so far as the Cybermen are the major enemy. (laughs) Yeah. Beyond that, um, I don't really know if it does anything special per se, because like Cybermen were the major enemy in the Star Trek Doctor Who crossover as well. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I guess that to be exactly what you hit you hit on there is uh, was kind of my issue with it is that I cert- I think it's a cool idea to do a, a big blowout Cybermen special right. for the 50th anniversary, but this story doesn't actually do anything with the Cybermen besides make them like this you know the big bad like the all encompassing they're taking over the universe. It doesn't even really bother to explain. It's, it's given like one or two lines about Mondas and like the original origin of the Cybermen. Right. And that's the only bit of history about the Cybermen that you get at all in this thing. I, I, I being that they had all of time and space to play around with, cause it was the Cybermen were taking over the universe. I thought maybe they would, you know, play around a little bit with Cyberman history and go through some of the different inter- iterations right. of what Cybermen were. And yeah. I mean, you see them here and there in the artwork, but. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that actually, I didn't really read the back carefully, but when you read the synopsis of the back, suddenly I was thinking that that would have been like, and it would have been a much bigger story, but all this thing about every defeat is now a victory. They could have shown like some of the actual TV stories with defeated <laughs> and, you know, yeah, change it into yeah. a victory and then the doctor has to defeat them again or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you could have been a much bigger story. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh have the end of earth shock where everybody crashes into the planet right. or into the earth or something. I don't know, but you, you get to play, there's all this, this, there's tons of history and the Cybermen had this uh, interesting, you know, due to production and the way they used them in stories and the, and the lack of classic series, you know, tight continuity, they went through so many changes and they, um, I think there was an opportunity here to kind of embrace some of that and show some of that, or even just kind of, celebrate the history of the Cybermen. And I don't really think it does that, which was a little disappointing to me. Like there's certainly a lot of Cybermen and they, you know, they're dangerous and they are always a good, a good villain, but it doesn't do much to like actually celebrate 50 years of Cybermen. They're just really kind of a generic. Right. And they throw in the the universe and the Silurians as well. Well, and then, and marrying them to the time Lords, I think kind of, you know, kind of diminishes them a little bit because it makes them, you know, as as they called them in, in the series 13 or series 12, the cyber lords or whatever. Um, yeah. It's the, uh, it's essentially the same idea. Yes. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I mean, a little, uh, it's it's one of my gripes and I, I, I honestly, I have quite a few with this one, but um, that's probably the biggest one is I feel like it just doesn't do service to the history of the Cybermen. Um, Right. Even the resolution is kind of like, uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe jumping forward a little bit, but it's a little, <laughs> little trite. <laughs> yeah. That's another one of my big gripes is it's, it's another right. one of those, uh, we've messed up the universe so much that we have to hit reset to fix all of these problems. Uh, it's the only way to write ourselves out of the story is to start the universe over again. Right. Um, which works decently well in uh 
the end of uh, series five of the Pandorica Big Bang episode. Right. Um, but when you start to do that time and time again, <laughs> it starts. Yeah. to it's a bit of a cop out writing wise. I feel like like it just. Um, yes, I mean, not that there's any shortage of fright endings in Doctor Who, of course. Oh, but, of course, uh, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when they were when you start throwing these when everything gets solved by reversing time i always yep. find myself wondering that so what exactly like what's the concept at what point has it been reversed to and what are people remembering or not remembering i mean right, i had the same right. problem with um, the end of uh, series um, three i guess when they destroy that um, paradox machine and everything goes back so like it oh yeah, yeah. but at what point like okay so like is that the American president? Is he still dead? Is there like, uh, <laughs> like what, what point has it been reversed to? So, yeah. do people still remember that. all the aliens <laughs> and the yeah? Um, and I know that they've used a continuity wise, um, and even like in people that have you know done mega looks into Doctor Who continuity, like the um, uh, Lance Parkin and Lars Pearson mm -hmm. when they did uh, the A History book, um, have used moments like that. Um, to explain some of the inconsistencies. Um, but so it, it, I've heard it used, I'm not gonna quote them on saying this, but I've heard it used uh, as an excuse for some continuity issues that, well, oh, you know, the, the universe was reset at this point. So maybe they don't really remember all the aliens and mostly in New Who, because it very much, and when Russell Davies was running the show, um, aliens weren't hiding out in secret. They were all over the place and the human race was very aware of their existence. And then all of a sudden right. later on, it's people are very shocked again by it and it's like wait a second how can you be shocked you guys saw daleks invade and you saw this and 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 they they make a joke about it you know with donna noble just not really paying attention and like yes. <laughs> stuff and, but um you get into the moffat era and it really seems like human beings are again unaware like all this right. stuff is going on and so i've heard that oftentimes come back to well you know at the end of the big bang the universe was reset so maybe all this stuff actually didn't happen the way you think it happened so yeah it's one of those did, things yeah. they did things and i guess like with the at the end of series six with the doctor going back and sort of starting to write himself out of uh yep things so. yeah erasing himself from history yeah it's it's one of my little pet peeves although i i have a love-hate relationship with honestly because i like big you know big i guess for lack of a better term i'll use the uh word you know the the fan phrase timey-wimey um but yeah I, I kind of like stuff like that because it makes my it it kind of like stimulates a part of my brain that gets excited about things but then when i start to like break it down i'm like oh well it's yeah that know. does become a yeah trying to figure <laughs> out because even like i really i love i really like the whole pandora opens things and it's it's hilarious with all the doctor appearing and disappearing but uh at some point you start running okay so where does this loop start exactly and how does it start <laughs> yeah <laughs> if he's trapped in there it's like... yeah and and i'm glad you brought that up about the ending because it was actually my next thing i wanted to get to was that this story um is pretty dark and kind of like depressing in a way that it, i mean it's not depressing it, it's mostly big big action fun kind of comic book thing but it, but in general it's pretty dark and it, it um faces all of the like new who's doctors against like impossible odds and they keep losing which is not what we're used to right like uh right. um not only are their companions you know 
being either uh, cyberized or um or right. you know dying or being you know put into peril that uh the doctor himself being put into situations so it 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 kills and destroys like so much stuff that i feel like the only way that right. you know yeah. george mann and kevin scott were getting out of this was to pull something like the end like you couldn't have been like oh all that stuff well that happened all those people they're gone now like we just yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can't do that because well not only because it would totally destroy the continuity we know goes on from those moments but uh it also would just be gutting to <laughs> the reader yeah. to lose yeah. all of those people um including incarnations of the doctor and whatnot but um it is interesting also that although it's like a four doctor series and it's a comic book so they can do whatever they want but the solution is not actually reached by the four doctors working together. <laughs> no, it's like the 12th doctor and, and Rassilon and the other three doctors are there to basically torture the entire time. Like they just yeah. have to watch their, you know, companions get killed and maimed and, <laughs> you know, be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, um, it's rough. It's rough on all of the characters and, uh, and I guess you're glad at the end things write write itself, but, and again, this isn't necessarily like a reboot the universe thing, but it is at the same time, like what Rassilon's big plan, like his, his major scheme is he's going to, it's the, he, you know, they're at the, the butt end of the universe that everything's dying off and he's going to use all of this regeneration energy uh, that he's sucking out of, oh, and in machines called looms, by the way, which I thought yes, was I clever, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh that he's sucking all the regeneration energy out of out of Time Lords, and he's going to use it to regenerate the universe, and he's going to become supreme ruler of all. And of course, the Cybermen double cross him, right. <laughs> and which of course we couldn't see coming. But uh, you think with you know if you're able to view all of time and space, you'd think you might have not seen that they were weren't exactly the most trustworthy race to work with. But yeah, yeah, I mean, anyway. he should know Cybermen afford. <laughs> <laughs> you would think so, but. Um, yeah. I mean, that's part of yeah. the whole, I guess, when I said it's trite, it's, it's kind of, yeah, they, they gets betrayed and then he has to work for the doctor and they fix everything. Yeah. Well, and also as far gone as Rassilon seems to be that he's willing to cut a deal with the Cybermen and he's become such a megalomaniac that he thinks he's going, he needs to recreate the entire universe so that he can be, you know, this all perfect God and fix things right. the way he sees fit. Um, for him, for that one double cross to like turn him back around to, oh, doctor. And he's like praising the doctor. Like you need to do what you always do and be better than me. It's right. like, ah, <laughs> two seconds ago, you weren't saying <laughs> like, it just seemed, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's fine in this kind of a story. I'm actually a little more willing. Cause it's just, it's a big, it's a big comic book type story. And obviously that, that seems a little silly to say, cause obviously it is a comic book, but like, it's it's pulling out all the stops. There's like giant robot Spider-Men that look like Sentinels from X-Men. And there's, you know, it's, there's, um, cyber Lurians and there's, uh, right. yeah, they're, cyber they're all Kings, multiple. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so there's a lot of silly, you know, big ideas going on here that, so, so I'm willing to forgive it some things, but like the ending just really kind of, got to me i don't know it just first of all it was it was just I've, we've seen it so many times by the point this rolled around right second of all it was that it was rassilon's quick reversal that was like oh yeah. well they double crossed me oh i've seen the error of all of my ways because of this and now i'm going to not only work with the doctor but it's not even grudgingly he's like praising him and talking about how oh doctor you've shown me the way you know right. I, <laughs> I i wish i was good like you and all of these things yes. and um yeah, the doctor still isn't very forgiving at the end of it, though. 
no, he's not. Uh, which I mean, I, I like that part. He he got he got exactly what he deserved, but it's like, um, yeah, it was interesting. And I noticed this upon um, I don't know why I only noticed it upon my second uh, rereading of it was that um, the ninth Doctor in this one um, is willing to blow up the Earth to stop the Cybermen, which he wasn't willing to do. And, <laughs> Right. season one <laughs> so it's like hmm. yeah and this is uh maybe he learned from this experience somehow <laughs> like because <laughs> this would have that would have taken place prior to the you know, those right. events but, <laughs> although maybe the, these uh events didn't really happen anyway although they insinuated yes. that the doctors in some way are retaining with that image of all of them um i think he insinuates that only he remembers that yeah, only the 12th, the 12th doctor. doctor remembers it would make sense from the rules we've seen in the past when multi-doctor stories that only the 12th doctor would remember this that this would right. be gone for everybody else because right just like at the end of the day of the doctor <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and so i kind of forgive him for doing the the soft reset idea i just think it was you know it was a disappointing end of the story like there was i feel like we could have done a lot more with it especially you know with the Cybermen and, you know, tying it into like the season nine arc with, you know, the doctor and Rassilon. Right. Um, for it all to come back to, well, I'm going to hijack your regeneration scheme. And instead of creating a new universe, I'm just going to regenerate the current one to a point where it was all okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and basically regenerate the Cybermen out of existence or whatever they, you know, it doesn't it, like it never even really like says like hey what happened to them even though you you've regenerated they, they obviously exist somewhere out there still like is the same thing going to happen is he going to float out into the <laughs> it's one of, of those things that just or... sort of they randomly gets thrown out that uh, Rassilon says that oh the universe is ending and so that's why we need to do this to protect it and it just mm -hmm. sort of like comes out of nowhere that um, yeah it's uh yeah it's says yeah. is saying the universe is in its death throes. The cyber race is dying. Gallifrey is as good as dead. It's like, wait, that all <laughs> Why? <No. laughs> I guess that's your motivation. Yeah. But, uh, this yeah. this story, and maybe it's maybe it's just because they only have five issues to tell it or whatever. But this story does a lot of that. Like there'll be like one line that just kind of like gives you everything. Um, and also there's a lot of like, well, just cause kind of um, <laughs> reasons for things like. I mean, like the giant uh, Cyber King Sentinel looking giant Cybermen on, on Sontar. Right. Uh, we didn't really get, I mean, we've seen it before in like the, the next doctor we saw, it, uh, you know, some right. giant Cyberman in, in Victorian England. But, um, you know, where, where did those things come from? They didn't really have a story. They were just there because the art looks cool or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's a comic book. So well, yeah, you can have the, five Cyber Kings <laughs> instead of the, just one. Uh, Cybermen at the end of the universe when Rassilon, you know, finds him in his flying sword. Right. <laughs> um, his bowship. Yeah, his his bowship. Yeah, from from the Vampire Wars. Yeah, that's yes. right. And uh, it, they're all, you know, living at the end of the universe inside of a giant Cyberman-shaped head, like planet thing. Which is an interesting visual. Like <laughs> it's a it's a really cool picture, but does it make any sense? No, not really. And it's just there because it's a cool picture. Which, again. I'm going to forgive a lot of that because it is, you know, it is cool and it's, it's fun and it's cool to look at, but uh, story-wise it just, yeah, it leaves a lot to be desired in a few, few of those departments. So um, there are actually even some ideas in here that would have been an interesting, maybe even a mini series in itself, like 
the fact that they run into an actual living non-clone Santaran. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, the Alpha Santaran or whatever they called him. Yeah, yeah. So the Alpha King. That could be an and, interesting like miniseries in itself. <laughs> yeah, getting. And if I'm remembering correctly, besides some, you know, comic relief comments that Strax makes and some, you know, explanation by the doctor every time they pop up, I'm not sure we've ever gotten inside of any Santaran society to see how it works. I mean, we know they're clones. We know that they, you know, are an internet, basically a forever war with the Rutans. Right. Um, and, but getting to see like a little bit of how their society might work and that there is something beyond just the clones there's actually this i mean maybe it's a, a version of a, a, a clone or an older you know ranked up clone but there are no. other kinds of santaran so be interesting and I'm, I'm surprised they don't spend a little more time with that because they bring him in they have the doctor make some jokes about like oh my gosh i've never seen a santaran look at your beard and all this like funny stuff and then uh then he dies <laughs> it's like, and they replace him with a regular Santaran. Like, um, well, with the doctor, really. Doctor becomes the field marshal of the Santarans. But I mean, I guess that's one of the issues, problems when you have a four doctor storyline and they're all doing different things. And so everything has yeah. to be so, yeah, jam packed into. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I guess that uh, while, while I'm griping, I, I did want to ask you what you thought about the artwork in this uh, series, because I think it goes everywhere from being really excellent to being some of the most poor character. <laughs> like, yeah, that is that interesting that they don't have like a consistent, I mean, some, a lot of times when you have these sort of stories, they maintain some sort of consensus, consistency in that, like maybe they'll have one particular artist doing one particular era or one particular doctor, mm -hmm. or they'll have like maybe a, an artist doing the whole series but yeah there's um, um the artwork overall is fine most of it is not my favorite artwork that i've seen in yeah. doctor who comics um there is some interesting imagery you mentioned the giant uh, cyber head that's pretty good mm -hmm. um there's one fun one towards the end where they sort of um when everything goes back to normal that they sort of throw in the 12th Doctor's title sequence into the, onto the page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are some uh, interesting things that, um, that overall, it probably wasn't my favorite um, Doctor Who comic artwork that I've seen. Yeah, and I feel like, so. okay, the things I really liked, I think most of the stuff they did with the Cybermen was pretty great. Like the Cybermen look great throughout this, the, you know, the different, like the Cyber Kings and the different Cyber Lurians and all the different things they're doing. Even the, I like the combination of, you know, like Rassilon's traditional Gallifreyan right. um, garb, but it's, it's been like, cyberized, you know, right. which is, blue, uh, blue I light. think I, I prefer that look to what they ended up visualizing uh, on the, the series when they did the cyber lords thing in uh, the mm -hmm. timeless Ch uh, timeless child um, yeah that was a little gaudy <laughs> where it was essentially just a cyberman with gallifrey stuff you know they just like yes. literally blended the two without the imagination this does the same thing but i feel like there's a little more imagination put into what they could do with it here but why would the cyber lords need the giant gallifreyan uh, neck yeah. pieces because <laughs> they're you know totally encased in metal they probably don't need all the and you know i doubt cybermen uh even if they are mixed with time lords or they're they're you know 
converted dead time lords would really uh take a lot of time to decorate themselves that way right. but <laughs> I, mean, I don't know huh. so yeah, the artwork yeah, they, in these um in the one page previews a lot of that was really good <laughs> yeah the artwork in the previews is great because they do this like um they theme all of the artwork based on like the look of the series at the time. So like, obviously the, the first doctor one's in black and white. And then uh, as they go on and the one that really like pops out is the really colorful look they used for the sixth doctor. Um, right. That's kind of like all of his tones. It's like a, yeah, just splash color everywhere. And um, yeah, those were great. The, the kind of like, I don't even know what I would call the fourth doctor style, but it's almost like yeah, it's, it's kind of horrific in a way. Artwork. And yeah, yeah, it just, so it like takes a little like, Oh, it's very homage like to... I've seen artwork like this in 2000 AD. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the stuff I liked about it. The thing that I didn't care for and being somebody who is not very skilled at drawing myself, I always feel terrible making criticisms like this, but I feel like the character work in this was some of the worst I've seen in, from Titan. Um, and that being that not only do they not, are they not able to pull off facial characters that, that facially or you know physically resemble the people they're modeling after, right. um, they can't even get it, seem to get a consistent look throughout like frame to frame these people are totally morphing you know it just doesn't even right and i understand you know I, I read enough comics that i understand like it's you know it's just a drawing somebody's drawing this stuff uh, whether it be digitally or or um on paper these days but um don't remember ever sitting down and like looking at like the I'm, I'm thinking of a page with the ninth doctor where like literally this person shifts like four different times it looks like facially looks like four different people and if it wasn't for the wardrobe i might have been confused you know and and jack and the doctor looking like the same character often yeah, uh, yeah. again if it wasn't they, for they do a little more effort on uh, the doctors but uh, some of the companions especially the the tv companions are looking yeah. kind of sloppy out there yeah, and, Jackie and, and I don't Rose want to gripe. Difficult to distinguish it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like same age or something. Yeah, I, and I always feel bad griping about it too much because, like, I I understand like it's getting the likeness of a character isn't necessarily making a photo perfect, like sure. image, you know, perfect replication of them, but it's about getting something about their style or you know, right. um, making it fit the art, and then it's a, and then after that, it's about consistency and. That's, I think, what bugs me the most. It's not that it doesn't look like them per se. It's more that it doesn't look like anybody. It keeps looking like different people. Um, and I can Jackie Tyler in this could literally not look less like Jackie Tyler. But you know. like you said, I'm picking on whoever drove it coming out. So who knows where the artwork had its part to play? Yeah, and maybe that had something to do with it. They got behind schedule, and maybe this some of it was rushed. So it's. It is what it is. Like that kind of thing doesn't destroy a story for me. They did some other things that helped to do that in this case, but um, <laughs> but it, you know, it, it was fine. It all gripes aside, and I you know, and I'm going to continue to make some because it was not my favorite thing that I've read. But all gripes aside, it's a fairly fun and quick read. Um, oh, yeah. Either way, like it 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 moves quickly, and there's enough you know there's enough cool Cyberman stuff that if you're if you're a Cyberman fan, I would definitely still right. say to. And I mean, and as with sort of 
I guess any sort of mini series like this, it's it's nicely self-contained. So yeah, yep. There's a beginning, middle, end. It's all there. It's, yes. uh, you don't have to buy five different right. <laughs> volumes of something to get the whole story. Um, so yeah, it, it would be maybe. I guess I would hesitate because I, there's a lot of really, really good, in my opinion, Titan Comics series. Um, so I would hesitate to say it's a great way to start because it's self-contained, but I just don't think the story is strong enough to give me give that recommendation. I think there's some right. other great ways oh, to yeah. start. Um, yeah, even no. the other one that we discussed here on the show, um, the Fountains of Forever, right. which is a 10th Doctor graphic novel, um, that I would even say is a better because that's fairly self-contained. It goes through one story arc and um, yeah, that sort of leads. Better. It has a some elements that will lead into future story arcs. But yeah, it's pretty yeah. complete. So yeah, uh, but, and yeah, and the artwork I think was uh, consistently uh, more yeah, consistent. much better. Yeah, I yeah, and, and maybe I maybe if I knew the whole story of what happened with this series, I, I would feel bad. But I mean, at the end of the day when it comes to media and it comes to like art and when it gets out there in the world, you know, it's not really, it's not really our job to know the whole story. We're just evaluating what right. we see on the page. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But is there anything else you wanted to touch on about supremacy of the Cybermen before we start to wrap uh, up or anything like, um, it's just like interesting how there are parallels without being copied between oh this yeah and <laughs> if what happens in the timeless children <laughs> yeah so. oh, wait, wait, we should talk about that um i don't even know what to say about it because other it's than like, like yeah there's just that obvious you know the time lords and the cybermen becoming one um yeah. well and then it's a big showdown in gallifrey and that you know it's the doctor and um the masters i mean the cybermen are working with the time lord and it's yeah. uh so there's interesting parallels. Uh, and the fact that I this mean, thing would have been totally completed in the bag before anybody started putting pen to paper on that. Right. <laughs> so I would I would hesitate to say that like, oh, Chris Chibnall had to be aware of this. But in a way, like somebody on the production team somewhere had to be aware <laughs> of this. Like it wasn't, you know, Maybe he's not crunching all the Doctor Who comics and whatever, but somebody out there, somebody in the BBC office knows this because I'm sure Titan has to get their storylines approved. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's interesting. It's almost like they it's almost like they took something like Supremacy of the Cybermen and went, oh, that's a cool idea. I wonder if we could make that work on the show. And then it just gradually kind of rolls into right. what they did with it. I do yeah. think both times they've done it now it's been a fairly disappointing um experience so i you know maybe we'll just they should just leave that alone from now on but uh, do that again <laughs> yeah it's uh i even think the idea sounds great it's just both times it's just the execution or whatever it was about it and it's just kind of like eh. right no, but... <laughs> i would say it's interesting how at a couple of places in here also they just sort of randomly throw in things with classic doctors yeah like right yeah <laughs> like the frame just a couple frames we get of like yeah um <laughs> it's like we get on the page when it, i think it's supposed to show like all throughout history um that the cybermen are taking over and they're winning all of the battles and things history is changing everywhere and it shows i'm not gonna be able to find it right off the top of my head but uh it shows 
it's a big like page image, like a splash page um, of I think the twelfth Doctor and the main thing that's going on. But then there's a bunch of little like circular or frames right. yeah. around, and yeah. it shows you know nine nine ten and eleven all with their respective things going on. And there's like two random like the fifth yeah, Doctor like five, and yeah, yeah the seventh Doctor, and just like one frame out of their prologue story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like what just randomly picked these two to throw in there but oh. it was kind of weird um that's why i got the impression like hey maybe they originally were thinking about putting these prologue pages in but they just thought it like slowed down the action or it just didn't right. work right because the prologues almost seem like they would come at certain points in the story like they, they would make sense to be in certain yeah, places because of what a, happens but would have been a fun way of showing it yeah um yeah but and even the War Doctor, I didn't mention, I think I mentioned all the classic doctors, but the War Doctor gets his little prologue as well and where he's in his alternative uh, timeline scene where he's using the moment to destroy the Cybermen rather than the Daleks and the timelines. Right. But yeah. yeah. The other thing that the prologues do also have is some interesting variable Cybermen designs, some of which are very interesting, especially if you go to the fourth Doctor, the one fourth, page yeah. This strange, horrific mummy. I yeah, guess. they have like skull faces in between. I guess there, this was yeah. if Philip Hinchcliffe had done Cybermen or something. <laughs> yeah, like if cyber it's cyber zombies almost like they're attacking this kind of old gothic looking mansion. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the whole thing is uh, you know based on that kind of Hinchcliffe vibe, and yeah, they're skull faced Cybermen, which is cool. I I like it. It gets that gets you right into the what they were doing with the show at the time. And then yeah, the the kind of vintagey Cybermen thing that the master gets converted into in the third doctor piece and uh the cyber controller tech from um oh what's it called? The Neil uh game and silver episode. Yeah. Not silver uh, nightmare. Silver sorry. nightmare, yeah, nightmare and silver, that's right. Um Silver Nemesis is the yeah, not the other. Yes. But that that kind of appears on the second doctor's face. Yeah, so there's a lot of good like yeah yeah all the way through history the prologue yeah the prologues are great that might be my favorite thing they did in this whole yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but the other favorite thing was something that i hadn't seen earlier what uh, they had the variant covers with the cyberman on them so those oh yeah yeah <laughs> i've only ever seen them in promotional material and like in this book and i never actually saw one in the flesh with the cyberman cover but yeah yeah neither did i <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. I, I didn't realize they did so many variants. I know they were big into doing variants for a while with the cover. I, I think they still are. They're just not doing as many titles anymore. But um, I don't even know how many how many titles they do now. They just do the main book. Is that? Yeah, they just have the one at the moment. Yeah, I know they said they were they were going to shear it down to one, and then they so they could concentrate on that series. But then they were still going to do like limited series, and I haven't seen a single. Yeah, about other limiteds. I mean, that said, even with the thirteenth Doctor, they've they for they've been doing a crossover with the tenth Doctor. So yeah, yeah, they did. I have the graphic. I haven't read it. <laughs> it's in my stack of things I haven't read. But yeah, it's, uh... but yeah, I uh, think we can uh, go ahead and wrap up on this one. You have any final thoughts on Supremacy of the Cybermen and uh, give it a grade out of? Uh, Oh, let's do since everything was cyberized in this entire story. Let's do out of five cyber stars, well, uh, cyber kings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Eh, I guess anywhere from three to three point five cyber somethings. 
So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a reasonable enough read. I mean, it's a I wouldn't. Uh, it's like you said, it's a quick, um, fast-paced read and entertaining enough. You know, yeah, nothing's particularly memorable, but at the same time, not like a waste of whatever effort. <laughs> yeah, there's something about it being a comic story, I think, that lends itself to some of its more bombastic moments that are silly and don't make any sense at all, but I let it get away with it because it's fun or it makes a cool image, you know, it's a, um, but I don't know, overall, it's a really busy story, like it's all over the place and a lot happens in a very short periods or short yeah. page um, count. You know, I, I feel like it's a decent multi-doctor story, except it's not really, like you said, it, it, it has all of them in it, but it's, they never really get together or are aware of each other or work together in any way. Right. Um, so the four doctors, the one from the year prior is certainly more of a multi-doctor story than, than this, because that does feature yeah, interaction. Um, I don't know. I guess my biggest, my biggest, most of the gripes that I already said, like, I don't feel like it did justice to being an anniversary celebration. Cybermen mm -hmm. are sure look cool in the artwork, but they don't do a whole lot with them or even tell you much about them. If you were to pick this up and never seen any Cybermen stuff, I'm not sure you'd come out of it knowing a whole lot besides, oh, they're dangerous and they convert humans into machine, like into right. cyber people. Yeah. Yeah. That's about all you're going to get out of it. Um, you may actually expect the Cybermen on screen to be a little more, uh, you know, out there with giant, you know, cyber <laughs> monsters and, you know, cyber Lurians like lizard robot people. And yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, it's an anniversary thing. I'll say it's better than silver nemesis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess they've got that. Although I, I have a weak spot for that. Well, no, this is better than silver nemesis just because I enjoy it in a certain way. doesn't mean this isn't better than silver <laughs> nemesis, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the ending. I really didn't. I, I really didn't think they stuck the ending. I don't care for it at all. Really, um, didn't ruin the whole thing for me because it's honestly a very light time commitment. Like I can, you know, you can read this thing in an hour. Sit down. It's five. It's five issues, but they go quickly. It's a lot. It's really art heavy, uh, which is cool. Um, when the art is good, <laughs> that's because yeah, it's not always, but. Um, I read it twice getting ready for this thinking like I'd let it soak in and maybe I'd like it better the second time through and I'm, I still did and I had about the same impression so um, I'm going to throw out a couple of bones and my, my grades going to go a little bit up as we talked about this I, I, I think I'm going to raise it a little bit but um, I think I'm going to go with 2.5 out of out of five cyber stars for this one. Um, I didn't really I didn't love it. I didn't hate it either. And like I said it. it it wasn't like painful to read or because I've read a couple things where it was hard uh, to get through all the way to the end. This, this wasn't that. So I can't possibly, you know, just like fail it, but um, yeah, wasn't my favorite thing. Yeah, seems fair. Yeah. I think there's a, yeah, not uh, too much else. It is, uh, it is interesting to see a cyber control dinosaurs as well so that's that was cool yeah again a thing you can get away with in a comic book that i don't think you could really although i don't know they did the, yeah, the dinosaurs on the spaceships show yeah. and i i kind of cringed when i saw the title of that and i ended up really enjoying the episodes <laughs> it's like, but yeah it's um so yeah it to totally could be doable these days you never know yes absolutely. i think this i think uh and i'm not going to get on a 
<laughs> Chibno criticism um, thing for long, but I think the show could use a couple of little laughs like that again. That would be nice <laughs> right now. But um, sure, it could get yeah. a sense of humor, a little more of a sense of humor again. But but yeah, so uh, that's really all we got today. Uh, the only thing we got left to do is hit the button on the randomizer, and uh, I will do that. Hit the the big red button. Next time we will be discussing from the series published by Obverse Books, The Black Archive number 19, The Eleventh Hour by John Arnold. So we uh, hope you'll join us for that. And uh, I want to thank you, Asad, for coming on and talking with me about Supremacy of the Cybermen and well, coming and talking with me every time we do one of these things. So I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to pretty much just assume so you're gonna have to tell me if you really don't want to do something because at this point i'm just gonna start throwing them at you so <laughs> I mean, that's unlikely short of having some real uh, other prior commitment right yeah i can't really see anything that would yeah you unlikely. absolutely wouldn't do yeah i'm the same way with especially with doctor who stuff it's the you know if it pops up i'll i'll take a look at it so but yeah thanks again for being here it's always fun to chat and uh setting it up we will uh, see everybody next time here on the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. I uh, would like to remind you that uh, we are also we are part of the Video Junkyard podcast family, and uh, that also includes the flagship podcast, the Video Junkyard podcast. And if you like this podcast or uh, want to check that one out, we um, would appreciate any feedback or any uh, comments, uh, criticisms or witticisms as my co-host of the other podcast joe peterson always says uh go ahead and send those to video junkyard podcast at gmail.com and just give me uh put in the uh subject line um police box so i know that we're you're sending something to me specifically and um love to hear from you any uh feedback or comments on uh any of the stuff we're reviewing here on the show or just you know doctor who world in general we'd love to hear from you and uh yeah, I appreciate everybody coming and hanging out with us. I will see you next time on the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Thanks again for listening. I hope you will consider joining us next time for our discussion about a Doctor Who television story, as well as our discussions about Doctor Who audio adventures, both audio books and audio plays. Also, we will be doing discussions of Doctor Who novels, nonfiction books, and other fun stuff. Until next time, I have been your host, Eric Branson, and this has been the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Special thanks to all of our guests and contributors. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud member of the Video Junkyard podcast family and can be found on most major podcast providers including SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Podcast Addict, and Spotify. Doctor Who theme composed by Ron Grainer, arranged as Doctor Who retro theme by Neon Frontier. All rights to Doctor Who and its related materials belong to the BBC. Van Mersbergen, host and producer of the Doctor Who Collectors Podcasts. Now that you're listening to a thorough discussion of random Doctor Who episodes, why not find them on the Target Book range, or the hardcover, or anything else with Doctor Who? For all things Doctor Who collectibles, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, 
available on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you find your Doctor Who podcasts. Also a proud member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. You're listening to Police Box in a Junkyard Podcast. You ask and he may show it. He simply elevates a stone where you want I would throw. I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Alison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. <laughs> 